Welcome to the Accounting Technology Fireside Chat Podcast. Now, sit back and enjoy while Nick and Trevor help you use your technology to make money and delight your clients. Well, hello, Trevor. Welcome back to the Accounting Technology Fireside Chat Podcast. How are you, sir? Yeah, and and of course we've got that really right that I can't hear you at all now, can I? So if I just do that, I should be able to hear you again. Say hi. Hi. Uh, oh, brilliant. Okay, we finally got there. Um, we're back. It's the Accounting Technology Fireside Chat Podcast. Back to talk to all of you again today. And we haven't thought of a topic today, but uh, seeing as you're the accountant, let's get your views on, on the budget. How about that? I haven't even had time to look at the budget. All I know is there's a hell of a lot of money spent in different areas. I really have just gone flat out from it. Been digging around to see if there's anything in terms of um, funding for the accounting industry. Um, and that's what we were hoping was that there was going to be some COVID funding for uh, the accounting industry to to basically help these businesses out of um, COVID. But um, I haven't. I literally jumped into the meetings. I looked all this morning, couldn't find that. Other than that, they're spending a lot of money. Um, I think they have to spend a lot of money. It's uh, like the Labor Party is saying, as long as it's in the right areas. Okay. All right. So so as long as the money you're spending is in the right place, you're happy, right? I, I Yeah, I think they have to. I think we've got to come. I don't know how we're going to come out of this one. But um, what we were hoping in terms of the accounting industry was that there was going to be some vouchers or some funding available for accountants to help small businesses get through this. So um, build business plans and push that through. I haven't found that yet, um, but that was one thing that we were, our, you know, we were advised that the uh, lobby groups were pushing for. So that was the other thing. I know down in Victoria they announced they had vouchers for small businesses to work, you know, get them online, and uh, they announce it, but you never can find it. No. No, no. <laughs> oh, there you go. All right. So, so I, I didn't find anything particularly exciting for the IT industry, except the government is spending lots of money upgrading their dated IT. So not really going to move my bit of the industry along, but I suppose for a bunch of providers out there, that's pretty good. Yeah, well, that's good. And I haven't looked at the stuff on R&D yet because nobody's actually written an article yet, but I, I see there's potentially some changes there. They didn't. They've done no changes, so they've left it as is. Okay. So they were going to make changes, but they didn't do anything. Okay, cool. So, so it's just as broken as it always was. Um, so before I... Well, the whole, thing, the whole thing, as we know with R&D, is that uh, there's two phases. One, you've got to get your R&D cases approved, and you've got to do your testing, and you've got to have your experiments and all of those sort of things to get the R&D. And then you've got to go through the, the rigorous testings of the ATO if they ever turn up to want to check and validate your calculations. Yeah, so it is a two-step process. And certainly we've been there enough, right? We've, we've, been, <laughs> we've been through that. We know how that thing works. Yes. <laughs> cool. Um, so today I was going to ask you a question. I, I think for this one, this is quite interesting. So as you know, I write software for a living. Yes. And I get approached by accountants all the time, um, turning around going, um, oh, I want to build some software. And normally they will wander up with an incredibly small budget and I think that just because they've got an Excel spreadsheet, they can build the software. So rather than me get, you know, because my expertise would make me cranky about that and and I understand if somebody came to you and said, can you audit my, you know, eight super funds, nine family trusts, um, my 18 companies, you tell them that would be more expensive than they thought. So I just wanted your view of what you think, you know, from 
being both sides of the fence, why you think that perception still exists in the accounting industry that software's cheap or, or even free? Uh, I I would say because you there. Sorry, I just yeah, had no, a funny yeah. noise. There's two fa- two parts to it. Mm-hmm. One is that you've got the the ecostructure in the app marketplace, which has come into the into the into the space. So what's happened is that people are saying, "Oh, well, I can get this product, um, and it's only going to cost fifty dollars a month, and so forth like that." And they've we've had the advantage; we've had ten years of development. Whereas an accountant, we've been able to say to people like yourself, hey, Nick, do you reckon you could build this for me? And you go, yeah, I can build that. And we've tried to finance and create a, a relationship together, and that's how it's worked. No one ever went back and had a look at how much we actually spend on developing our product in uh, over the years of developing it. But it was all like it seemed really easy to go through and, and create that. That's one thing. The other thing, too, is I think there's a lot of freelancers and you've got access to freelancers offshore and they say they do development and you'll go through eastern block countries you know and and so forth where they come in and you know they they do the work for you and it's you know at a a fairly low price but i think what happens is that everybody gets knee deep into it and then they find out um well they they find out they basically don't own any of the software they're developing and or it's not going to develop develop or create what they want so I think that's, you know, that commercial relationship falls over because they've got nothing to work with. So there's two parts to it, I think, that have caused it. Yeah, certainly. So so certainly I find a lot the commercial relationship doesn't work. But but secondly, you know, if you've never sat down and developed software before, there's there's quite a lot to it. It's not it's not something simple. It's something I've been doing for years. Um, but, yeah, I'm trying to draw the analogy, um, and I'm trying to find an analogy next time I'm talking to an accounting firm, of where, where they come and say, you, you know, can you build us this whiz bang piece of software with all sorts of things? And I say, yeah, that'll be about a quarter of a million dollars. And their jaw hits the floor. Um, yeah, I haven't worked on a project where people get change out of that to build commercial quality software ever. What I do find, though, is lots of people go spank. You know, it starts off with 10K with a freelancer, then it's 20, 30, 50. Then they run out of money. And that's when they come along and say, can you help us? And that's normally the yeah. point where we really can't help them at all because they've gone and spelt, spelt, spent all of their money. Yep. Exactly. And um, But it, but it's, there is a thing out there. It, and, and also, a lot of it comes from gaming and you know, their kids are writing software and everybody's writing software. And it's all, you know, I suppose I don't know how to write software, so I'm not going to say I can do it. But I suppose if you just sat there and write code and developed a program from scratch but didn't do any architecture around it, didn't think about user interface, didn't have to do anything like that. Like I've seen you write things on a Raspberry Pi and do those sort of things and go, hey, Trev, check what I did there. And I look at it and I go, what the hell's that? that? That's awful. Yeah. You know, and you go, oh, no, but it does this, this, and this, and it, you know, uh, and I go, yeah, that's boring. Um, and you've written it in a weekend, and I'm expecting that it's going to have beautiful user face. It's all got all this architecture, and you go, you know, get a bit shitty with me because you go, that was a lot of work, Trent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Architecture and user face. I love the terminology we're using today. That, that's awesome. But architecture and, inter- yeah. and user face. <laughs> so, so user interface is actually harder than you think. Um, making an app which is really easy for someone to use is really hard. But then making it work is the next step. But then making it perform is the next step. And then making it secure is a whole step after that. Um, and then, and, and you'd even know, even if we look at you know, commercial quality software that we use, and there are 
there's scalability concerns we talked about last week. There's performance concerns. There's security impacts. And we always say writing a piece of software is not a destination. It's actually a journey. And when you start it, you're going to be on that journey forever. That never stops, yeah. right? Exactly. Um, and so when well, we, we know that, don't I? <laughs> but that's it is how it works. You know, Microsoft is still releasing versions of Windows. Yeah, there's new versions of Office coming out. You know, there's updates to software all the time. So I think one of the things if you're going to embark on writing some software is kind of don't would be my first advice. Um, I think my second piece of advice would be if you are going to do it, understand that this is a journey for the length of that software will be in market um, and you need to support it. And it's going to cost a ton of cash. Yeah, unless you can, yeah, and even if you can do it yourself, it, yeah, costs a ton of cash. There we go. That's not <laughs> There we go. So that was my rant today, really. I, I was thinking about that as I've just just been quoting some software projects, and 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 some have been good, and some people have gone no, and I'm and some people have gone yes, and I'm, I'm I was trying to explain that, and certainly, I find. Yeah, in the accounting industry, you know, we've seen a few success stories. We've seen like someone like Guy Pearson go out and build um, whatever his product is that I can't remember, uh, Practice right. Ignition. Yeah, um, we've seen Amrita Rabbit, and and Guy started with one or two developers and then built that out, and they're quite a big team now. Um, Amrita Rabbit went out and built Now Infinity, that's now owned by Class. Um, yeah. When I met the guys at Class years ago, they're already running a development team of a hundred people. And, and that's the thing is, I think most of the stuff, it's so the idea comes out, you get the idea, and I think that's the process is to say, here's my idea, and then go, you know, you basically test it, you commercialise it, and then you've got to go and to really make it work, you've got to go to the big guys and someone like that where they've got to buy it in and they've got the developers on site because without developers on site, the risks that you're running, um, you know, you guys put skeleton keys into software and stuff like that. So if you don't pay your bill, it just doesn't work all no, of a sudden. we don't. You end up in a dispute with... <laughs> Certainly I don't do that because I don't think that's very ethical. But lots of people do. You're, you're, de you're dead right. That's that's not something that's that's never been done before. That's certainly something people do. But you're right. You need your own developers. They need to be part of the process. You can't go, oh, I'd like one of these, please, and throw it over the wall to someone and expect them to deliver anything close to what you want. And, and, and ask me as an accountant to go and manage a bunch of developers, I that's just impossible. There's no way I could do that. There is no way I could sit down. And I and I know I've watched you work. There's no way I could sit down with a bunch of developers and say, right, how are you going? How's the project going? What's going on here? Not possible. Um, and and you've got to respect that, that, that approach. But I think the only way that software can be done is exactly you've got to have in-house developers You've got to create a relationship. If you're not going to pay someone like yourself a fortune, you've got to somehow, you know, wine and dine you to come and join my business. And you're not going to do that at the moment because you're going, been there, done that. I've done a few of those things. I'm, you know, I'm not in that space. I'm, I'm worthy of your development costs, aren't you? No, well, that's, that, that's the thing. If you don't have the money to spend, you're, you're going to spend it anyway, whether you spend it on me and a team I put together or you spend it yourself. You're going to spend that money. And you... You should realize to build a commercial quality piece of code, even the simplest ones, you're going to get no change out of a quarter of a million dollars. Yeah. So if you can't write code, don't even try. Yeah. 
So it's, it's almost that, and and you should be careful. And certainly, you've seen some of the conflicts, and you, you you've you hung around hang around us enough to hear the war stories of where you get a non-technical person try and lead a project who's never led a development project before, and you just end up with the devs all leaving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I suppose you know we don't get the red shirt for a red shirt. Was it the release red shirt and the no haircut till it's done and the. I always love bugs. Bugs, apps. I used to hate the word bugs. And you guys are going, no, no, bugs are good. I'm going, no, they're not. That's terrible. I can't tell people we've got bugs. And you go, no, no, it's good. We find out bugs and we fix things. And uh, I'm going through it now. And the developer and the guy, the, the owner of the software said, oh, that's a bug. Thank you. That's great. I'll go work on it. And everybody else went, <gasps> What do you mean there's a bug in it? It's so, just those sort of things do you it's, it's funny. There's bugs in all software. Uh, it's, it's not like there isn't bugs in everything. There's bugs in every piece of software out there. So it, it, it is what it is. And, and you, when you learn about them, you can go fix them. If you don't learn about them, you can't fix them. So that just is what it is, right? Yeah, but you guys are excited when you yeah. find bugs. Yeah, it means, we, means, that. means we can it. fix it and it won't happen again. Whereas if we, you don't find any, you know they're there. They're always lurking yeah. somewhere. And the other thing is, um, you know, like you used to, like I'd go through and say, oh, there's a problem with this bit of soft. This isn't doing what it needs to do. And you go, so can you replicate it? Can you show us what it is? Can you tell us where it all happened? And give me exactly the details of what went on there. And I'd go, Nick, it just didn't work. You know, you go, well, how can I fix it? Just didn't work, Trevor. And, you know, and I go, oh, okay. So I'd have to go back. What browser was I in and what time was it? And did I have a coffee beforehand? And did I do this and did I do that? And then Lawrence could fix it. <laughs> well, that's the whole thing. The repo, as we call it, the being able to reproduce the error is really important. If you go and say, it doesn't work, no developer in the world can find it, right? Because last time we tested it, it all worked. And, and we're not, we didn't do the exact scenario you did, so we need to understand your scenario to understand where it's broken. It just, it's, yeah. it's more complex than that. So that's yeah. fun. And that, that also flows into support questions and, you know, it's a different way of asking support. Like someone was talking to me the other day and they're saying, oh, you know, oh, when Microsoft, when 365 went down for the morning, mm -hmm. you know, so it was like, well, what if that ever happens and it goes for longer than that? How are we ever going to get our stuff back? And I said, well, it won't. They've got SLAs. I don't think Microsoft's going to go there. But no, if they do, then, yeah, you, you can't do anything about it. Yeah, if but, Microsoft had broken, it all disappears. You probably can't do much about it. Yeah, Microsoft probably have enough cash to run for forty years without earning another another cent. <laughs> oh, here comes a, here comes some sirens going past. That's that's awesome for a live stream. <laughs> Bruce, we're live. <laughs> oh, COVID. Anyway, um, so so the the big the big thing behind this is um, be careful. Software costs to write software costs more than you think it will um to do it properly um if you don't do it properly you'll get caught by all sorts of things um and find somebody to work with you who's managed development projects before successfully um it's not a it's not an easy thing to step into and my wife's doing a computer science degree at the moment um and i watch some of the things they teach them in in you know and she's in a reputable uni doing a reputable degree and there's so much they miss in how to build commercial quality code it's it's quite fascinating really yeah, and I, I, a lot of the things, especially for accountants, it's coming up with an idea, right? Mm -hmm. So you're going, well, why can't, if I could get that to work, so how can they do that one? Like, let's think about, uh, I don't know, you, can we mention Mr. one of our, um, my ex-employees at, at Hanson's? 
Yeah, you could. Absolutely. Remember Stefan yep. Stefan Kipichnikov. He didn't like he didn't remember he got upset when I put a new service pro on his desk. Yeah. And he rang me about three years ago and said he wrote some software to do the um higher purchase mm-hmm. agreement. So he had a problem and he wanted to fix that problem. So somehow I don't know how he learned to write it, but he wrote some software, something yep. that and he's been able to sell that on. So a little bit of success there. Well done, Stefan. You know, you've gone from a laggard to a developer in a period of seven years, which is fantastic. But his situation was he had a problem that he needed fixing. Uh, yeah, and every, most of the every, time people go, well, I'll go write that and make money out of it. Yeah, so the good thing is you've got to find a problem that not just you have, that other people have. So you've got to clearly find an identity. So the, the first step is the idea and... Yeah, as as I, as I kind of say, I, ideas are like various parts of the anatomy. Everybody has them, and they don't smell very nice. Um, <laughs> it's not actually about the idea. It's about ex- execution always. But there's a million ideas out there, and you need to look inside your business and go, what thing do I have as a problem, and does anybody else have that as a problem? That's step one. And if they have that as a problem, are they prepared to spend some money to get it fixed for them? That's your first question, because you might find something that's an annoyance or a problem for people that just don't care enough to pay for, or the amount they'll pay is so little, you know, you won't do it. And and so, or, or the the delta between. So I, I use the scenario, which is what what we call the um, the um, the two birds scenario. So basically, you know, somebody came to me and said, oh, "Can you can you create an app?" And I said, "Yes," and I had to create apps. That's really cool. Um, so can you create an app? So when I take a photo with my phone, it saves it to the cloud. I went, "Yes, I can do that." Oh, brilliant. And can you can you add where it is in the planet when I take the photo? I said, "Yeah, there's GPSs in phones. We can do that." Oh, and can you flag it when there's a bird in the photo? And you go, oh, that's really hard. That's going to require, you know, a team of PhDs and all sorts of things. So lots of people don't know what they don't know. But if you find something, let's say in the accounting world, if you find something you can fix in Excel, you could write some software to do that. But your software needs to be faster and more efficient than somebody who knows how to use Excel doing it. So be careful. Also, if you say, I've written it in Excel, how hard could it be to write that as code? Sometimes it's notoriously difficult. Yeah. Right? The the functions and the tools in Excel are quite hard to write yourself. Oh, and, and they've usually got some sort of manual thing that they do yep. that's along the way, you know, like, oh, and that's a one or a five and a six and a, oh, it's a variance of this. And But Power BI helps with a lot of those things and, you know, um, that helps in those spaces. And I suppose... The thing is now, how many apps are there in the Azure Eco phase, for example, and how many would there be in the Microsoft Eco space? So, so there's there's thousands and thousands. So, so think about it. That if you build a spreadsheet which solves a problem, say higher purchase, you could sell that as a template. Yes. That now you're building software. If you build a Power BI dashboard, you could sell that as a template, and now you're building software all the way through to actually writing code and hosting it and doing SaaS. So don't limit yourself to those sorts of things. But I would say if you want to write a piece of software with shared infrastructure that lots of people access, like a Zero or, or like a Fathom or something like that, you're going to need a ton of cash to invest and a load of skills to make it happen. Hence why most software companies never make a profit. Uh, they struggle to in the early days, um, certainly. Yeah. And you need a lot of investment to get to be profitable. Yeah. Yeah, like, um, is there a making a profit yet? I think they just started to. Started to, isn't it? Yeah. And, and that's a good thing. Later. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, and Am- Am- Amazon aren't quite making a profit yet. I think they may have done in the last quarter, but yeah, it's really early days of profitability for those guys. And it's all been investment, 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 investment. Um, and mm. to build something of that kind of scale requires that amount of money. But also on the other side is this blue sky that they go, okay, well, even though zero is not making a profit, the share price is over a hundred dollars now. So yeah, and that's just a, that's just a, another another side of it. If you've been in there at the right point, but at some stage the business needs to be profitable and be a sustainable business. You can't live off investment forever. You can do it for years, but you can't do it forever. You'll collapse and disappear eventually. Mm. Well, Facebook and yep. Yeah. Those sort of things they were never making money early on. No, they, 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 all, they all had to monetize. And Microsoft, Microsoft, was slightly different. They made money from day one, but they had a slightly different business model. But when I ran a product unit at, at Microsoft, we were a two hundred million dollar a year product, and it was costing us two hundred million dollars a year to make that money. <laughs> so what do you do if you've got an idea and you want find, to get it? Find a technical co-founder. Always the best idea. Find somebody who knows what they're doing to come into the business with you. That's one. If you can't do that, find somebody who you know and trust can build it for you and make sure they're building it using the absolutely leading edge technologies of the time. Because if you use legacy technologies to build something, they'll eventually go obsolete and you'll hasten yeah. the time you need to rebuild it. So always be looking to the future. Always be building in the future, not in the past. So you need innovators to work with you who are used to building new things, unless you're just building some common or garden web app or website or something that doesn't do very much, and, and then you can go out and do that a traditional way. But that's a different purpose, right? That's normally built for a company to use or them to use internally. If you're building a product to sell, um, use the most forward-looking stuff you can. It will be the most secure. It will scale better, working cloud better, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I hear you. So not everyone's lucky enough. To... And then go into business with someone and then also, you know, get on well with them, don't they? That's important be... too. I hope quite well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, certainly. That's that's an important thing. So that's been an interesting chat today, Trevor, seeing as we did no preparation for that whatsoever. Oh, well, we've always had lots to talk about anyway. So that's um, we, 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 we started doing this because these were the conversations we were having normally anyway. <laughs> no, that's the whole point. <laughs> well, but if you did enjoy it, make sure you click on the link uh, down uh, over there in tre- underneath Trevor's window. Um, so you can actually click on that. Um, subscribe to the Accounting Technology Fireside Chat. Um, join our Facebook page. You'll get notified when there's new episodes. Give us a like um, and put a comment in if you want us to talk about anything that you think might be interesting excellent thank you all right trevor thank you hey you have a great day catch you later you too see you then bye